medical examiner determines much more than just cause of death. They determine if a family will be able to seek justice, if the living can truly find peace and closure with their loved ones dead, if a murderer will face charges, or if a killer gets to walk free, sometimes even aiding in wrongful convictions of innocent people. In 2017, New Jersey Advanced Media's investigation was a bombshell that unfortunately not many felt or heard but it detailed an underfunded, understaffed, failing mockery of New Jersey's medical examiners. Ask pathologists across the country and they'll tell you about New Jersey. They'll tell you it's so bad that slowly decomposing bodies, sometimes clogged storage rooms and morgues by the dozen, stack two to a gurney, awaiting examination or burial for months. Right now, taxpayers pony up millions for a system marred by neglect and dysfunction. In New Jersey a few years back, their acting state medical examiner resigned in frustration, citing staff shortages as one of the key reasons. I felt as I walked in the door, they didn't have enough personnel to, uh, to handle the load. You don't want to come to a family and say, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry, Mrs. Smith. We couldn't do the investigation that we wanted because we don't have the resources. Right. He wanted to serve people well, but he couldn't. And things have frankly not got much better in New Jersey since. So for the time being, if you do find yourself dying there, please write down whatever is killing you on a post-it note and stick it to your chest. You'd really be doing that overstretched investigators a solid. The mission of the Office of the Chief State Medical Examiner is to oversee the medical examiner system in the state throughout the creation and enforcement of operating and performance standards for every medical examiner office in New Jersey. This will ensure the highest level of service possible in the investigation and documentation of sudden, suspicious, and unexpected deaths. The service provided shall be timely, compassionate, and based on unbiased scientific opinions while respecting cultural and religious traditions. And that is straight off of the state website. But throughout this episode, let's see if that actually proves true or if it's just a marketing technique. Dr. Andrew Falzone was appointed chief state medical examiner for the state of New Jersey in July of 2015. In this role, he oversees the death investigation system in New Jersey with regulatory authority of the 10 county medical examiner's office and with direct oversight of the two state run regional medical examiner. Now let's break down the county offices that we do have in the state of New Jersey. There is 21 counties in New Jersey, but only Bergen, Burlington, Hunterdon, Ocean, and Union have their own single county office. There's a northern regional office for Essex, Hudson, Passaic, and Somerset. And there's a southern regional office for Atlantic, Cape May, Cumberland, Camden, Gloucester and Salem. Mercer, Monmouth, and Middlesex is in one office, and Morris, Sussex, and Warren share one. That means all the deaths that happen in four or five counties at one time are handled by one county medical examiner. From 96 to 2016, New Jersey medical examiners rejected two-thirds of the roughly 420,000 cases referred to them, 30% more than in other states with similar statewide system. Since 2006, the average time to complete an investigation had increased about 350% from 20 days to 89 days, with one office averaging 127 days in 2016. They have 20% fewer employees than a decade ago. How could such problems persist? Pathologists say the system slowly became the forgotten stepchild of state government. Over years, the medical examiner's office stopped showing up to the Department of Law and Public Safety annual reports, and legislative efforts to reform the system stalled. And families across New Jersey were left to suffer the consequences. If someone wants to kill someone, all you have to do 
is go in their hospital room and inject something into their IV, says Presswala, who was state medical examiner for seven years. The only way those kind of cases are caught is because someone is making an observation or ordering testing or investigating further. Even when autopsies are performed, funeral directors complain of long delays and mangled corpses. It's nothing more than a meat house at this point, said Morris Lombardi, a former administrator at the state's northern office who owns Lombardi Funeral Home in Caldwell. We have a hard time just getting them to pick up the phone. We have situations where they'll open the scalp haphazardly during an autopsy or not dissect the arteries properly, and we have to tell families we can't do a viewing on this body. Klaus Speth who worked in New Jersey as a medical examiner for two decades, said he routinely attended scenes during his time as a medical examiner before a bitter feud with then-state medical examiner Robert Good that ended with Spess' conviction for attempted witness tampering. The charges were later expunged, but he called on-site investigations a lost art. Medical examiners are becoming butchers in the bowels of morgues and not going to scenes, Speth said, who wants to spend the day with a knife in a room doing three, four, five, six autopsies, never even seeing whether the sun is shining. It just doesn't attract people into the system. In 1967, the New Jersey Medical Examiners Act required a medical examiner or their deputy or assistant to personally attend the scene of suspicious deaths. Yet over five years working as an assistant medical examiner at the Northern Regional Office, Phillips said he conducted more than 1,000 autopsies, but visited just two crime scenes. The workload at his office simply didn't allow it to be part of his job, he said. Up until 2018, when most systems across the country operated under state health departments, independent commissions, medical collectives, and a number of hybrids, the New Jersey Attorney General's office oversaw the medical examiner system. So the same person who oversaw police also oversaw the ME. Lawrence Koblinski, a professor and chairman of the science department at John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York, said there is no reason a medical examiner system should be under the control of law enforcement. There is too much of a bias. People get rewarded for convictions. They get raises and promotions. There needs to be a nexus between law enforcement and an ME office because both agencies handle evidence and both will appear in courts to testify about their feelings in criminal cases. It is essential that those organizations remain independent of each other. Understaffed and underpaid. There's a national shortage of qualified pathologists, and you'd make more examining bodies in Bismarck, North Dakota, than you can in Newark, New Jersey. While medical examiners in New Jersey make close to $200,000 per year, they are paid far less than others in the region, which experts say limits the draw of new applicants. Staffing shortages mean bodies stashed in the office are decomposing, Funerals are being delayed, and unidentified bodies get pushed to the back of the line, making it even harder to identify them or how they died. Multiple families and funeral directors complained of delays getting human remains back from the office. We're holding up the right to a speedy trial. We are holding up payments on life insurance because they need a cause of death. Families are literally losing their homes, losing their cars. There's case after case of this happening. The saddest thing is, there is no reason that medical examiner offices in New Jersey couldn't be the premier offices in the country, but they just aren't. In the 2009 annual report, the board cited three cases in which the medical examiner determined cause and manner of death before an actual investigation was finished. 
In another, the report said no autopsy was done because of parental objection and no x-rays were taken because the radiology department was busy. And in yet another, an infant was found to have old rib fractures. The father had history of a previous infant death and there was a surviving child in the home, yet no report was made to Child Protection Services. I am going to give some case examples as to the bismol that the medical examiner office truly is. And the Sheridan case is a well-known case and Let's get into that case first. Nine one one, where is your emergency? Uh, yes, Meadow Run Drive in Skillman, New Jersey. Okay, you have forty three Meadow Run. I am at forty three. I believe my neighbor's house may be beginnings of a fire in their house. Why do you think that? I can smell smoke out in the air, and um, I went outside, and ran next to the house, and I hear a beeper going off inside, but I'm not positive, but I think I sm- see some smoke coming out. What are they? For- what do you think they are? Forty four. Forty. It's on the left, man. That's your forty. Five, Are you from 43? Yeah. Definite smell of, of like a burning smoke in the air. Do you know if anybody's home? Do you know if anybody's home next I don't door? I know if anybody's home now. Can you go knock on the door? Yeah, I'm going to get out there, okay? Why are you talking to me? You already got the police and the fire department on the way out there, okay? okay. Thank you. Just let me, I want to see if anybody's home or anything or... Do you see any smoke coming from the windows or anything? Well, I couldn't really. I just see, I think, Let me know when you get next door, okay? You're on, you're on. I'm ringing the front. All right, just keep knocking on the door, okay? Do you see smoke or anything in the windows or anything like that? No, I just heard something, though. What did you hear? Somebody tapped on the window, but... All right, just keep knocking on the door, ringing the door for me if you can. All right, like I said, we got the police and the fire department on the way out there. Okay, thank you. Just keep ringing the doorbell, okay? I want to see if anybody's home. Yep. Oh, there's definitely smoke coming out of that front top of the house. I can see it now. The sun's coming up. Where's it coming out of? What color is smoke? Maybe somebody was trying to stop it and it smoked out. Where's the smoke coming from? The chimney? Where's it coming from? Uh, it's coming from the top left of the house. Out a window? Out a window. All right, just keep knocking on the door, okay? Okay. What color is the smoke? Uh, it's white. White, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, somebody's trying to get out there. They're banging on the door. All right, you able to get the door open? No, not the door. They're upstairs. All right, you able to force the door open? The, the police are here. All right, stay on the line with me to the police. Get there, okay? They're pulling up now. When John Sheridan and his wife Joyce were found dead in their burning bedroom in September 2014, mystery swirled around the case. County prosecutors labeled the couple's death a murder-suicide, claiming John stabbed his wife, set their bedroom on fire, and pulled an armoire on top of himself. Joyce's death was quickly ruled a homicide, but medical examiner Eddie Lillevois remained mum on John for months. Lillevois eventually ruled that John had stabbed himself and had elevated levels of carbon monoxide in his blood, suggesting he was alive when the fire began. Now, on that 911 call, you can hear the caller say that he can hear somebody knocking on the top floor. And at that point, nobody even knew what was going on inside. So to me, that seems a little alarming. I don't know if that's maybe the fire kind of was pushing on the windows. I don't know the whole the analogy of how a fire would make those noises on its own. But to me, that never was looked into. Also, how could a gentleman of that age who's been with his wife for, you know, 40 years decide I'm going to stab my wife at 5, 6 a.m. one day, 
Then I'm going to stab myself, go downstairs, get a gas can. How did that happen? I'm not sure. Light a fire and then pull a dresser on top of myself. It just doesn't add up. But because the medical examiner ruled the situation a murder-suicide, it was a murder-suicide. Some people don't realize the power of that ruling on a family's mourning or a family's ability to seek justice or even their reputation of the actual victims and the dead. Tiffany Valiente tragically passed away July 12, 2015. She was struck by a New Jersey transit train about five miles from her Mays Landing home. The family said local media reported her death as a suicide before they were interviewed by investigators and the story struck. According to the medical examiner and New Jersey Transit Police, the conclusion was Tiffany left a party at her cousin's house across the street from her home, dropped her phone at the end of her driveway, walked four miles, apparently barefoot, to the tracks, walked another mile down the tracks, and jumped in front of an oncoming train in the darkness. A bloodhound traced the path authorities say Tiffany walked. Not long after, Tiffany's shoes and headband were found in the grass well off the path the bloodhound had laid out. The investigation was not reopened as a result of the belongings being found. For her family, too many doors were left open. They say they don't have the answers needed to grieve. They can't move past something that they can't understand. A report by an investigator with the state's southern office indicates the employee running the train, a student engineer, told police he saw what appeared to be a woman crouched near the tracks. He blew the horn and activated the brakes but couldn't stop in time. The engineer training him was speaking with a conductor and did not see the impact, records show. Now that train horn is so loud, it's actually why people jump in front of the train at the last minute, because that train horn will instinctively make anyone jump out of the way. So the fact that that conductor blew his horn so loudly when he saw Tiffany crouched near the tracks and there was no movement, in my opinion, says that she was already dead. The family filed a civil suit in July 2016, challenging the medical examiner's ruling and asserting she was kidnapped and murdered. A 20-page report compiled by an expert hired by the family provides a damning portrait of the alleged lapses by investigators. We have extensive experiences over decades performing analysis on evidence with degrading DNA. However, in this instance, we were able to obtain very little DNA for comparison due to the manner in which the evidence was collected and maintained. Dr. Julie Henning, Laboratory Director of Forensics and DNA, said in a statement, Henning cited problems with how evidence was packaged by the New Jersey Transit Police Department saying some of the evidence tested was stored in plastic bags over paper ones. This caused moisture-inducing bacteria contamination. Henning cited problems with how evidence was packaged. Henning also said other pieces of evidence were improperly logged, saying they were not labeled with initials of those who handled them to maintain a chain of custody. Tiffany's blood from her blood card could only be identified using paternity testing because it was improperly preserved. While there are several plausible explanations for Ms. Valiente's tragic death, suicide is not one of them, wrote Louise Hausman, who worked as an investigator for Atlantic County's medical examiner's office for more than 20 years before retiring. In the report, Hausman notes a medical examiner never visited the scene of Tiffany's death. 
In his interview, Falzone again said he could not comment on specific cases, but added if a pathologist feels they're comfortable making a diagnosis, there may not be a need to do a rape kit or collect fingernail clippings. We only do that on a case-by-case basis, Falzone said. He acknowledged difficulty in investigating potential suicides, saying it tends to be a specific manner of death that causes the most heartache. For many reasons, it's hard for families to come to terms with that, Falzone said. Sometimes insurance policies don't pay on suicides. Sometimes it's against religious beliefs. But I will certainly review any cases that are brought to my attention to see if there's anything else that needs to be done. For the Valientes, each unanswered question in the medical examiner's report provides another obstacle to coming to terms with their daughter's death. And how absolutely disgusting of the state medical examiner to say that this is just a situation where the family can't accept that their daughter committed suicide. Disturbing, appalling, and disgusting behavior by the New Jersey State Medical Examiner. Susan Faust was on her way home from work when her car skidded off the roadway at an intersection. She died from injuries sustained in the accident on December 14, 2015. I knew the minute I walked through the door that uh, it was her, and sure enough, um, that's when I found out. Her wedding band and two other rings symbolizing the birth of her two children weren't returned after the crash, the family says. Police and Gloucester County Medical Examiner Gerald Feigen knew Faust's hand had been partially amputated and was missing. How can they leave someone's hand? In New Jersey, a person's body is the custody and responsibility of the medical examiner from the moment they accept the case. Faust's missing hand is noted in a medical examiner report. Feigen didn't respond to the scene. Had he, he might have seen her hand, wedding rings still attached, lying in plain view. State police identified Susan Fost as the driver that died in a crash in Winslow, New Jersey on December 15, 2015. Fost's vehicle is said to have driven out of the lane when it hit a car, a wall, and a pole on the side of Williamstown Road. EMS pronounced her dead shortly after the accident. Two days after their mother was killed, Justin Faust and Brittany Faust Esposito went to the scene in Winslow Township to erect a roadside memorial. As they located the utility pole struck by Susan, they made a horrific discovery. There in the grass, just feet away, was their mother's bloodied, severed hand. Her engagement and wedding ring still in place. In shock, an employee from a nearby business brought them a bag to pick up the hand. That stunning discovery and its aftermath still gives Brittany Fos nightmares. Unable to sleep, she is being treated for post-traumatic stress disorder. In an email, Justin Fos wrote, nobody really gave us answers or took responsibility for what had happened. A formal apology was never made. It was mostly just brushed off as if it was nothing. And it has shaken their dad, Don Fost, who must drive by the crash routinely. In 2018, there were reform laws enacted that put the oversight of the medical examiner under the Department of Health instead of the Attorney General. But we all saw what happened during COVID and the bodies that piled up in nursing homes under the watch of the Commissioner of Health, Judy Persichelli. So is it actually better? Is there better oversight? 
homes. Endover facility uh, is the largest long-term care facility in the state. They're licensed for 514 long-term care beds in one building and 159 in another building. As of the 15th, the census was 120 in Andover 1 and 419 in Andover 2. Last Saturday, we were notified uh, that the facility was in need of body bags for deceased residents. And it was also reported that there were 28 bodies being stored in that facility. We immediately notified the local health department and the public health nurse and the local health officer visited that f facility at 2 a.m. Sunday morning. Under Phil Murphy, the New Jersey medical examiner system has only gotten severely worse. Families are not able to grieve, and New Jersey not only tramples on the dead, but destroys the lives of the living. This cannot continue. At what point do we say enough is enough? Criminals are walking free. Innocent people are being put into prison. Reputations are being destroyed. Children are being killed in their homes and parents are going unscathed in certain scenarios. It's time, New Jersey, stand up for the living and to actually care about the dead.